love pro wrestling? Then check out the WWE Podcast. I've been watching wrestling for over 20 years, and that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. We produce six shows every week covering Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite. Just turn Roman heel. What is WWE waiting for? There's no other wrestling podcast that can match the passion and listenability like the WWE Podcast. Check us out anywhere podcasts can be found. Terrific Promotions offers the ability to create custom apparel at affordable prices. From t-shirts to hats, banners to promotional materials, let Terrific bring your ideas to life. You can even use their online design tool to create your own custom artwork and have it printed. Give them a call today at 843-921-0607 or visit www.terrificpromotions.com that's the letter T R I F F I C promotions.com. Tell them you heard about them on Jeff Watson Unplugged. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Watson from Jeff Watson Unplugged. Uh, today is a really special day for me. Um, I actually have my first guest on the podcast, which is, which is a pretty cool thing. And, um, one of the cool things is that social media now is just you can connect with people all over the world and you can connect with people with similar interests and that's how i met my guest today Joe Michalowicz, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, buddy. How about yourself? I am doing well. Um, want to uh, kind of talk about how we how we met. Um, we, you know, both of us are very avid professional wrestling fans, and um, I I think if I remember correctly, uh, we both we were kind of interacting with some Bray Wyatt stuff and. Um, kind of liked each other's tweets and that kind of thing. Do you, how do you remember us connecting on Twitter? Uh, yeah, similar thing. Um, as I've been connecting with so many people over the past five or six months, it's been great. Um, yeah, um, I remember uh, meeting you as well the same way. Um, it all kind of started for me with Bray Wyatt about six months ago again because I actually got away from wrestling for a little bit because it just had gotten stale for me. Um, and then uh, uh, got back in because of Bray, but yeah, definitely the uh, the Bray thing, and then um, the wrestling days um, community as well, which is has been fantastic. I mean, the people there are amazing, and uh, and and he's got such a great thing going on there. Absolutely, and, and shout out to to Days because you know, kind of like you, I um, I had gotten out of wrestling com- completely. Uh, for the same reasons. I, I thought that the product had gotten a little stale. Um, 
you know, some of the storylines really didn't make sense to me. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of the same things happening over and over again. And that's no disrespect to the wrestlers or, the, you know, the talent. But, you know, creatively, it seemed like there just weren't any new things. And then um, Bray Wyatt with his, you know, Fiend persona comes up. And, man, that, what, an, what an awesome creative mind that he has. And um, I, I got back into it at the same time. And like you said, um, the Wrestling Days community, uh, seeing a few of Days' videos uh, kind of piqued my interest again. And um, I've, I've been hooked ever since. So, um, so I'm, I'm like you in that regard. Um, so while, while I have you, because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the projects that you have going on and, and everything, but I really just want to start with wrestling. And since it's uh, the most recent thing that's happened, let's talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble last night. And I thought that overall it was a really strong show. Um, not a lot of um, moments where, you know, we were left, you know, thinking, man, you know, this is bad or anything like that. I thought that um, overall the, the show was really strong. What was your impression of the whole show? Yeah, definitely. I would, I would agree. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the entire thing. So I kind of have to do some rewatching a little bit because I was working yesterday. But um, from when I got I got in about the Women's Royal Rumble. So um, yeah, I, I, I have no complaints. Um, it was it had it had way, way more amazing moments than it had, you know, a few here and there slow moments. But um, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think overall, it was it was one of their best shows in a while. And uh, being that there's so much excitement around everyone for the Rumble, I'm, I'm glad that that was the case. Absolutely. I, I thought, you know, and again, I'll say that this is no disrespect to the talent, but I thought the uh, Bailey and Lacey Evans match was probably the lowest point of the show. Um, it, not that it was a, a bad match or anything like that. I just thought that with everything else that was going on and every other moment that we had during the show, I thought that was kind of the the point where, you know, I I didn't I didn't necessarily lose interest, but I wasn't as excited for that match as I was uh, all the other action that was going on last night. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. Um, that match kind of seemed to be a little bit of a filler type of thing. I, I don't know if the, if the whole, I, I just don't think that they sold the feud very well. Um, it, you know, it just didn't seem to have any spark to it. And I think it just kind of came off as being a filler to something else that they're planning on doing. And obviously the big rumor is that, you know, Bailey and Sasha are going to go at it eventually. So maybe that's what it's leading to. I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I think that, and, and the only other low point that I had was the, um, when Santino came for the women's Royal rumble. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get the comic relief part of it, but I think it could have been used for another athlete. And I think, um, yeah, it was kind of funny when you saw Beth Phoenix's reaction to him, I yeah. was wondering how much of that was an actual real reaction that she was that <laughs> upset that it was him that came down there. So. Right. And I, and I think, you know, with everything that the WWE has done and give them tons of credit for what they've done to help build uh, the women's evolution and, you know, all the female talent that they have. And I felt like that was a, a missed moment for them. 
they could have had someone else, um, you know, whether it be one of your established quote unquote main roster talent or someone else from NXT. I thought that was a, a opportunity to really showcase that. I get, like you said, I get the comment relief aspect of it, but I would have preferred seeing Santino in the men's Royal Rumble um, in one of those spots where may, maybe instead of Elias um, in that second spot, I think they could have done something really funny and cool with Santino going in there against Brock at number two and, um, you know, kind of doing the same thing where he eliminates himself and not letting uh, Brock get his hands on him. Um, I think they could have done something like that and, and saved that, that spot in the women's rumble for, for another female talent. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the same, yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right with the, with the men's side of it, because the number two slot really could have been used for any kind of comic relief thing going on there. And in fact, I, I kind of don't really think that Elias fit there. I know they kind of use him for comedy with the songs and stuff, but it would have it would have been so much funnier had he come out there and done what he did, basically go into the ring, just kind of stand in front of Brock. Brock could have stood there laughing at him, and then he could have taken out the Cobra and just knocked himself out of the ring like right. he did. It would have been it would have been way funnier in the men's side. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and and going back to the uh, to the Bailey and Lacey Evans uh, match and feud, I agree with you there. Uh, I think if they're if their goal was to make Lacey a babyface and get her over with the crowd, I think mission accomplished there. Um, but in terms of just the overall few, like you said, I just, I don't think it really did anything, but, you know, fill that gap for whatever is the next plan for Bailey um, and possibly Sasha. So I, I agree with you there for sure. Um, yep. So the, <laughs> We won't go through every single match, but obviously the biggest moment last night was Edge returning. And we we talked a little bit um, before we started recording. And, you know, I, I'll i say this, um, going back to wrestling days, um, I love watching the shows and pay-per-views with with him I, I have like a three or four screen setup um but i love watching those and seeing his reactions to those types of moments i will say that this morning um i'm a, my voice is is not where it um normally is because i marked out so hard when um when edge came out when that you think you know me hit and his music dropped and then you know seeing him come out there um, that moment for me is something that I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, I've always been a big Edge fan, so to see that moment was absolutely fantastic. And then to see him last as long as he did, I thought was a really cool thing for WWE because he kind of gave a few guys the rub as, um, as he was in there. So what was your reaction to seeing Edge return? Yeah, well, the rumors were there. So, I mean, you, you everybody was kind of hearing a little bit about it, and people were watching his, um, you know, Instagram posts that he had put out and all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know what, it, it's so hard to keep from having things spoiled in our day. And, and that's in anything. I mean, in movies, in, in, in you know, uh, TV, all that kind of stuff. But it, it's so hard to keep that hidden and the fact that they kind of did and there was still mystery around him coming back 
um, yeah, I, I, even though you may have kind of thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting it in a way, but then when it happened, um, it was, it was unbelievable. And yeah, I've, I've always been a fan. I, I always liked him. He, even though he had such a, a good run and, and was, you know, a champion for quite some time. And, um, he always came off to me as almost kind of an underdog kind of a guy because, yeah. He, he wasn't, you know, he doesn't look like Drew McIntyre. He doesn't look like Roman Reigns. He's not right. that prototypical champion like Hulk Hogan or, you know, any of those wrestlers from days, days past that you would see in that body type. But yet, yeah, so he almost came off as being like a, he was kind of a grungy 90s kind of a guy, I guess mm-hmm. you could say maybe would be a good description. But, yeah, yeah that, was a, that was an unbelievable moment. And, of course, like you – um, I'm at the point where when I watch the show now, I actually just turn the sound off and I just have days on in the background, even though his stream is a little bit behind the show, but to his, the re- I think the reason why I like him is be- so much is because his reactions are genuine. Um, like when you, when you see him react to something, it's really like his, an actual reaction. And it's almost kind of like what we all kind of wish we could do all the time like right. you know if i lived in a house with no kids and without my wife i'd probably be reacting the same way too <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely um, yeah but but yeah it was amazing uh it was the best moment of the show without a doubt and yeah i was surprised he lasted um as long as he did like you said i didn't expect that i thought maybe yeah he'll come in get a few people out with the spear and then you know kind of go right out but the fact that he lasted till the end was really good was a cool thing to see. And it was a really good sign for him because obviously, it, it, you know, he's got the stamina. And uh, so that bodes well for his future. Right. And I, I, um, I was listening to Dave's react at the end. Um, I think someone in the, in the chat made a comment about Edge's uh, cardio and stamina. And, you know, I saw a picture uh, last night, I believe, on Twitter with Edge in 2010 and Edge last night. And honestly, he's more ripped now than he was back then. And I think that the fact that he uh, – and full disclosure, I used to – and not at, at that level at all, but I used to be a professional wrestler on small indie circuits. And that might. Yeah, and, and um, <laughs> a lot of people talk about getting blown up before you even hit the ring. And I think the, the crowd reaction, Edge's excitement and everything – I think he, by the time he got to the ring and hit those first three or four spears, I think all of that excitement and adrenaline, he was maybe spent for a little bit, but then he got back into it and um, got in a rhythm. And he, I mean, he's been away from the ring for so long. So to expect him to go out there and to, you know, just go all day and not have any, you know, any problems with wind or anything, I think was unrealistic. But I thought that what he his, I mean, the way he looks right now, I mean, he, he's in phenomenal shape. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, uh, I, it, I, in fact, I was, I was looking at, I listen to busted open radio every now and then when I can. And I was looking at the comments last night from bully Ray and he made a comment about uh, showing younger athletes and saying to the younger wrestlers, if you want to know what a pop is, yeah. you watch that. You watch that entrance because he said that was a pop, and he's he's one hundred percent right. I mean, when you as soon as that music, the the first part of that theme song hit, and you looked at the pictures from that crowd, I was I had a friend who was at the show, 
um, mm -hmm. last night. I, I put out a couple pictures that he took, and he said he's been to a bunch of events in his life, and he said he never heard a crowd react the way that they reacted to that. So he's, he was there, and he said it was a, an unbelievable moment, and he said he just had to take it all in. But yeah, that was that was absolutely something for everybody to see, and you know, for for the future stars and future generations to look at to see if you know you get something like that from a crowd, you know, you're doing your job right. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> this is a a hot take. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I much preferred Edge returning than CM Punk, especially in that spot. Um, I think that if if CM Punk is going to return, um, I think it'd be cool to have that return at a WrestleMania and have him kind of stare down with someone. But I think in that moment last night, the fact of everything that Edge has been through, us thinking that his career was over, and then for him to come back and do what he did last night, I, I much preferred Edge in that spot as opposed to a lot of people saying, hey, we want CM Punk. I, I don't know your response to that, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with you there. It's, a, it's, an, it's an American success story, man. It's a success story. It, it, when you hear something like that where the guy has been on the shelf because and, – and the way he retired, um, even though it was, what, nine years ago, people right. still remember that. So the way he had to come out and do that, was heartbreaking I mean he was he was in the prime of his career and to see somebody struck down like that it was it was hard for all for anyone to to see and was so sudden when he did it that to to see him be able to make a comeback like this yeah I, I agree it was his moment and I, I was glad in a way because there was still the you know there was still the suspense about what pick or what uh, number 30 was going to be so did you have CM Punk still in the wings? But I'm glad they didn't do that because, yeah, that would have taken away everything that he got from the moment that he had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we want to talk about another wrestling promotion. Um, and right now, top to bottom, the NWA is my favorite wrestling promotion. The, uh, the nostalgia that it creates, uh, mm -hmm. The production, the uh, the wrestlers, um, the in-ring stuff is really good. But I think the fact that the wrestlers actually uh, interact with the fans is something else that's pretty cool and unique um, that I see from the NWA. Um, and, you know, like I said, that's really my favorite promotion right now. What what are your thoughts on the NWA? Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard about it. And obviously when everything came to pass with uh, – with Billy Corgan, I, I knew what was going on, but I never watched it. So again, um, I have to send a shout out to Days for this too, because he had kept talking about it. And I was, um, I really, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, must be a cool, you know, little thing, but I really never tuned in. And then finally, um, I, I tuned into an episode and yeah, I was, I was pretty blown away. I mean, like you, um, I grew up watching Saturday morning wrestling. So, I mean, that shows my age. Uh, but I grew up with that, and it reminds me exactly of those Saturday morning shows I watched when I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old kid. And and the the format, the way it's presented, uh, the way it looks, the feel, the small audience in the crowd, 
um, everything about it really brings me back to watching wrestling when I was a young kid. And, and again, nostalgia is huge and, and it's everywhere. And to bring that kind of a feel back to wrestling is tremendous. And I totally agree with what you said about the athletes. They are very involved. And I'm not sure if this is something that came down from above and, and told them to kind of, you know, hey, you know, go out there, spread the word, interact with your fans on social media. Um, but and, and if not, then they're doing it on their own. And it's pretty fantastic. I mean, on Twitter today and, and places like that, when you get a like or a follow from who you consider to be a celebrity, um, it's a it's a pretty cool feeling and that they're actually noticing you and they're reading your posts. And um, and then on top of it, when you get followed by somebody, I mean, I, I got followed by Thunderosa, I think it was about a week or so ago. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. I mean, they don't have to do that. Um, they right. have tons and tons of fans all over the world. So, you know, for them to sit there and go through and, and do that and, and read posts and stuff is, is really awesome. And um, even Nick Aldis, um, he's liked a few of my posts. And I mean, there's the guy who is the champion of your, of your um, promotion. And he's going on Twitter and, and reading fans' comments and, you know, and commenting back. So, yeah, it's, it's a very how can I, how can I describe it? It's very one-on-one ish to me, like very um, personal between you and the athletes in that promotion. And man, I really hope that it succeeds. I hope it goes where it's going to go. I'm kind of, I'm kind of guessing it's going to head to TV eventually. And I wish them all the success in the world because yeah, like you, I, I think it's tremendous and it's a throwback and it's, it's just a really fun watch. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, obviously right now, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan yep. because there's so, there's so many different promotions out there and uh, so many different styles and the accessibility to watch those shows is at an all time high because of the internet and social media. Um, and I, I really do hope that, that they knock it out of the park. They have so far, um, it's rare that you can say this, but I've not seen a bad show from the NWA at all. I mean, since since they've been on YouTube and since they started NWA Power and uh, their pay-per-views to this point, I've not seen a bad show from them at all. And that's yeah. that's hard. That's hard to do in this day and age, especially when you have so many people that are critics and experts so to speak um but i've not seen a bad show from them at all yeah yeah i uh yeah it is hard to do and it's hard to do when you only have an hour to do it because considering that you know they're gonna they're gonna put in like one of those commercials that they do they're gonna put in some some spots for upcoming stuff and then you know you're only really gonna have time to do maybe you know, three matches, maybe, maybe four, because they're timed at the six minute mark. So, and they have a lot of athletes. So in shows like that, you don't get to see the athletes necessarily that you're going to want to see every week, like you do on a three hour raw. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's tough to do. And I, I can remember, but the one thing I'll say is that doing it that way, it creates anticipation because I, when I, again, when I was a kid and I was waiting to see some of my favorites, wrestle and you tune in because you're not you, you know back then there were no spoilers you you got no description of what you were going to see so you never knew so I would tune in specifically because I wanted to see 
you know, some of my favorite wrestlers, Rocky Johnson, the, the, the Strongbow brothers, you know, guys like that. I wanted to see them wrestle. They weren't always on, so you'd watch anyway, not knowing what was coming. So it captures that as well because you just don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get – are you going to get question mark this week? Are you going to see Thunder Rosa this week? Are you going to see Nick Aldis this week? Um, and, it, and it does create that, and it does a very good job doing that. So um, if they do get a TV deal, which I'm sure they, they probably will because there's really a lot of uh, a lot of like going around for that promotion, um, are they going to switch it up? Are they going to make it longer? I'm not so sure they should because I think it really works. I agree. I, I think what they're doing right now, um, that's what makes it so enjoyable is that I, I think a lot of times with the WWE, we get we get fatigued with it because there's so much. I mean, you've got three hours of Raw, um, then you have two hours of SmackDown. I don't really, I don't put NXT in that because that's a different thing. And, you know, I, I love NXT and, and their production and how they they present their product, um, which is just kind of fascinating to me that they're tied to WWE, but it's just such a completely different product and it's, it's awesome. And they really don't have a lot of the low points. But I think that the reason why the WWE has so many low points and so many critics out there is that there's so much that they're putting out there and so much for the wrestling fans to consume that I think we just get, we get burnt out after a while because a lot of times they're, they're not doing what the NWA is doing in terms of putting different people out there every week. They, they've got a roster that is just unreal and so much talent, yet we see so many of the same people every week. So I feel like if they did something more along those lines that that would be um that would make their product a little a little different and and not so much of a target uh in terms of uh criticism but i agree i think if they if the nwa does get a deal uh to go on tv which i fully anticipate that they will i think they should keep it the same uh don't don't go to two hours go stay at an hour um and and, and keep the product as close to what they have it as as it is right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think uh, WWE, I think, should really – I'm not a fan of the three-hour Raw at all. I, I really wasn't from the beginning. It's, it's your, your – it, too much of a good thing is too much. And, again, it, you're not creating as much of that anticipation. You're not creating that – you know, you, there, I think the idea with that was, well, let's give the fans everything they want. Let's give them a three-hour show. Let's make it longer. You know, it's also for ratings and money. You know, we want to make these things longer. The TV deal, you know, make it longer. But sometimes that's just not a good thing. You, you, you get, like you said, you get too repetitive. You, get, you, you see matches that really make no sense. Um, you know, things that are just kind of thrown together that end up just coming off as being just flat. They have nothing to do with really any storyline of any kind. And they just kind of throw athletes out there. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, the longest I think a wrestling show should really be is, is a two-hour show at the moment. And, and yeah, I, I, I think NWA is, is knocking it out of the park. And like you said, every show has been tremendous that I've seen. And, and the pay-per-views were tremendous. Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. 
and uh, and I'm sure it's it's going to really gain strength and, and popularity. I mean, I talk to fans at work of wrestling, and they are all talking about NWA when they weren't, you know, two three months ago, and saying how, how that's built up to be their must watch show of the week. Absolutely, and and honestly, like the saying goes, sometimes less is more, and I think WWE could benefit from that. Um, yeah, just to, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so we've we've talked about our wrestling and how we connected, but I, I really want to talk to you about uh, some of the things that you have going on right now. You uh, just launched a couple new podcasts. Can you talk to me a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first one we always wanted to. So about I'll go into some background on it. We about eight years ago. Uh, myself and some friends started a uh, Facebook group um, that we call, the name of it is the Consortium for the Greater Geek. So it's been there for that long. And we literally started it with maybe five friends. And um, we'd never really made the group public. We just kind of kept it amongst ourselves. And through word of mouth, really, uh, we got up to over 900 members which wow. I thought was, oh, wow, yeah. I was like, okay, that's pretty awesome, considering it was never a public group. Um, and even, like, I think it was earlier last year, there was a thing going around on Facebook. Unfortunately, you get a lot of this stuff where hackers are going on to things and, and hitting things up with spam and whatnot. So Facebook put a little warning out saying, hey, if your group is public, you may want to make it private right now because there's a lot of stuff going on that these guys are getting and they're hacking accounts and so on and so forth. So we actually did that. Then we made it a completely private group where literally you couldn't see the group at all. So um, I recently just changed that about maybe three weeks ago. I, I actually, for the first time since the group's been out there, I made it public. And I thought to myself, you know, we've got a good foundation. We've got a lot of good admins in the group and who, you know, who helped me out and, and watch, the, watch things going on. So I thought, you know what, I, I saw what Jody did with her Bray Wyatt group that they had and how that blew up and got up to like 15,000 members on Facebook in really almost no time. So I'm like, you know what, let me make the group public. And uh, so we did that. And we're, you know, we're kind of bringing anyone and any, uh, anyone and everyone who is interested in the, in the material in. Um, to explain what it is, it's, uh, it's really just a, a group for uh, people who love topics like that. And we cover so many things from um, comic books, movies, films, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, boy, cosplay. Um, we talk about conventions and, and stuff like that. We also have wrestling on there as well. We've got a bunch of people who are wrestling fans. So, um, in fact, one of our guys um, who's one of my admins, like you, he was on a local wrestling circuit for a while. Um, and he, um, he started his own thing where he's doing a gaming stream. Um, and what he did was years ago, I guess it was, I think there was a board game like Dungeons and Dragons out that was a wrestling based game. Mm. And uh, yeah, and he back then, I guess him and his friends went in there and created this fantasy wrestling league and made up all these superstars. So what he did was he got the latest version of 2K, I, 2K19 he had, and created all of these wrestlers that he made in this game, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now what he does is he runs his own wrestling events on 2K19. So he puts that on and, and, you know, and they'll sit there and they'll do commentary while they're playing out the matches. So I thought that was really clever. Um, and That's he puts awesome. that on, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he puts that on our, uh, our, our group page, 
along with his own streaming page. So we, we have got a lot of really cool people. And, I, and the one thing that I love about the group is that we are not a, you know, we're not a drama group. We don't get into, you know, heated arguments with each other and that kind of stuff. We have healthy discussions about things and yeah, you know, everybody's got their own thing that, that they love. And what I've seen in geek culture, like anything else, like it's, you know, wrestling culture is the same way. But what I've seen is that, you know, people will get behind things that they really, really like. And, uh, and a lot of times that can create some controversy, but you know, we, uh, we pride ourselves on the fact that we're open to anyone who is into anything like that to come in. We, uh, we'll post, um, myself, I kind of keep track of the news that's going on in a lot of these things. So, um, let's say Comic-Con is happening. I will go on Twitter and I'll kind of check for breaking news and I'll put that in the group, um, as fast as I can get it there. Um, and things like that. So I'm kind of the guy who does that, but then everybody else will go in and post various different things from like funny memes to, um, upcoming stuff that, that is going on locally or nationally, whatever. So it's just a great group that we have. And I thought, you know what, we never really got it out there. So I decided to, well, actually it was my oldest daughter's idea. She came up to me and she's like, dad, you, uh, you need to check out this software that they have on, on phones. It's called anchor. So I did. And, uh, you know, being a 50 year old guy, I, I, <laughs> I work in technology, but I'm not as good with technology as I was in my twenties and thirties. So I, uh, I need the easy stuff and it was super easy to use. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get the podcast out there for the group. And I did my first one last week, uh, kind of just introducing the group, got myself introduced on there as well. And just kind of talked about what we went or what we are and where we came from. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that was, uh, my first one. And then the one I'm starting, um, tomorrow actually is another thing I'm really, uh, excited for. And that's a, I called it, I lived the eighties and, uh, I'm a huge, huge eighties nut. And I mean, to the point of where, um, you know, people will just ask me ridiculous questions about, you know, music and things from the 80s and just I kind of just pull it out of a hat and they're like oh my god I can't believe you know that stuff um <laughs> but I joke with my wife and I'm like I'm just like a well of useless 80s knowledge so um I thought to myself well you know what I know the topic so what better thing to bring up than you know have some have a have a podcast about it and bring people on um and I have a friend of mine that's gonna be on it with me tomorrow um, to just discuss things about the eighties. And our first episode is going to be all about MTV and okay. uh, the, the music videos that uh, changed the music industry. So we're going to discuss that in the first episode. So yeah, um, I'm excited. Um, it's a new thing for me and um, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy it. And I, I've gotten some uh, already a couple of people on Twitter uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I listened to your, uh, the, the group cast. I, you know, I loved it. Thought it was great. I actually had, it was really cool. I had a guy from, and I think he's a, I think he's another wrestling guy. Um, I, uh, I wish I could remember his name off Fander. I, I mentioned it right here, but he's, um, he, he's an NWA guy. I know that. And he reached out to me and he said, Hey, I listened to your, uh, your group's uh, podcast on the way to work. And we got to talking a little bit and here I looked at his, his uh, Twitter page and he was a former sports broadcaster for the California angels. So, wow. you know, 
yeah so i was like him commenting me i'm like hey that's pretty awesome man you know i'll, I'll he said to me oh you, you know it, it, i really liked it you know it flowed really well and everything and i was like wow dude you know i really appreciate that that coming from a guy like that's worked in the business um that's really cool so that's that's yeah. huge man that's huge. yeah definitely yep definitely so I, I have to ask are you also going to uh discuss 80s horror movies oh without a doubt buddy <laughs> without a I, doubt uh, <laughs> i'm a i'm a slasher nut um as you know and i really honestly it's one of the reasons why i like the fiend so much because i've been looking to attach myself to a horror character for a long time again because yeah i'm a i'm a big friday the 13th guy love jason grew up love that series and I, I like them all. I, I like Halloween. I like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Mat. You know, I've seen them all, love them all. And um, yeah, uh, without a doubt, we will have an episode on 80s horror movies. Yeah, I man, I'm such a horror movie nut that um, people oftentimes just, they're like, is that all that you watch? Because I, I watch, <laughs> I watch everything from, you know, all the 80s stuff to, you know, any of the B horror movies that are out there now, I just, I consume it all because I'm just a fan of the genre. And um, what got me started is um, some of those Friday the 13th movies in the 80s. And, you know, I was a, I was a young kid um, watching those movies and trying to hang out with my older cousins and, you know, thought I was a, a tough guy. And, um, and the first couple movies I watched, um, I, I was a little scared and uh, didn't really sleep through the night. But um, but those, uh, but as I grew older, I, I just had more of an appreciation for those films. And that's another reason, like you said, that um, that's what drew me into the Fiend character because, I mean, not only because of Bray Wyatt, I've been a huge fan of his for years, but anytime that you have Tom Savini in anything, uh, I don't care what it is. I'm I'm tuning into that. Uh, so the fact that he did the uh, mask and they designed uh, some of his folks designed the mask for uh, for Bray Wyatt. I, I said, yeah, I gotta I gotta check this out. So um, so yeah, I, yeah, I I will definitely be tuning in um, <laughs> because I I, I mean I, like I said, I'm just a, a huge '80s horror movie fan and yeah um, yeah, I absolutely absolutely love it so that yeah i i agree with you man i i um i'll give you two quick stories um concerning tom savini so i'm a big fan as well um he's a genius um a few years back i got to go to a um, probably oh man this is probably going on 10 10 15 years now but i got to go to a convention um i live in northeast pennsylvania and the convention is called chiller they, they have it in new jersey um and i got to go and what it was was it's a horror. It, it was a horror theme. It's more of a pop culture thing now, but back then it was just all horror themed stuff. So I got to go with a friend of mine, um, and we went um, and hung out for a day, kind of stayed overnight, and then went back the next day. So um, we decided we were going to go every every convention. They have ob obviously have people dressing up and stuff like that. So I thought, well, I'm I'm definitely going as Jason. I've dressed up as Jason a bunch of times. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going and I'm going to dress up as Jason walk through. So 
Um, we walked through like you'd normally do. And then toward the end of the night, they had this big costume, uh, big costume party ball, you know, kind of thing. So I went and got dressed, um, put the mask on, came back. And I can remember at the convention. So Tom was there. Um, I didn't get to, to see him or meet him, unfortunately, because there was just a huge line. But his school is very close to the hotel that's there. So he's got a makeup and effects school. And a lot of his students were at the convention. So they were going around and they had T-shirts on and they all were in the same thing. They're wearing badges and stuff like that, kind of acting as uh, liaisons for the, for the actual convention. Um, so I was walking around with my Jason costume on and it was... Honestly, it was like my 10 minutes of fame in my life because um, I never, I, I, as I'm walking around, people are coming up to me left and right. And I thought, oh my God, there, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a ton of people dressed up as, as Jason at this thing. Well, I literally think I, I did not see one the entire night and people kept coming up to me. Can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? And then I had a group of them come up and it was Tom's students. And they all come up to me and they're like, hey, can we get a picture? I'm like, really? Wow, that, that's really awesome yes. that you guys would think that much of me <laughs> to want to take a picture with me when you are working for the guy who created this, the look of this guy for the most part. So I was like, wow, that's really awesome. Um, and then, but yeah, so that was my like, that was my probably 10 minutes of fame in my life. I was like beaming after that. And, uh, and uh, later on during the night, I actually met, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, was in the area where they had the music. So I'm out there and I'm just kind of hanging around. I was out, that was more outside in kind of a tent type thing. So I was so hot from wearing the mask that I had on. I went outside to just get a little bit of air and I walked in there and I'm just looking around and all of a sudden comes over to me and she says to me, she's like, hey, and I look over and I'm like, oh my God, Cassandra Peterson's talking to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, I'm like, what's up? And she's like, Oh, nothing. You enjoying the, you know, you enjoying the convention, blah, blah, blah. So we just got to talking and, um, and she was the nicest person you'd ever want to meet. And she's like, you know, oh, I, Hey, I dig the costume. Always loved the slasher films, blah, blah, blah. And, oh man, it was, it was amazing. And, um, and about maybe five years after that, I did get to meet Tom. Um, he came to a local convention that we had about 20 minutes from my house um, it was another little horror show and he was there along with Kane Hodder who played Jason. So the both of them were there and I got to get pictures with uh, both of them, which was fantastic. Kane is great, but when you take a picture with him, he will literally put his arm or his hand around your throat and he tells you he's <laughs> going to awesome. do it and he squeezes. I mean, he, he doesn't just put his hand there. Like he, I'm standing there and he's choking me basically while we're taking the picture. I'm like, uh, <laughs> so um and tom was awesome um i kind of just you know again like we were talking about with edge i kind of marked out meeting tom and i just told him what a what a genius i think he is and how um growing up with that character and with with the friday 13 things and the zombie things that i would watch that he did um just telling him how i admired him and everything like that and he was very down to earth he's like oh he said i'm just a guy who you know love love drawing things and painting things and i just got lucky and I'm like, oh, man, well, if, if that's the case, I'm like, you, you did an amazing job with, with getting lucky. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a fantastic, again, it, it's a great community of people. The people who I've met at 
conventions like that and uh and in different communities that i've been involved with that are horror fans are again they're they're fantastic people right and it's i honestly think that it's a lot like the uh, wrestling community yep. in the way that it's, it's really tight-knit and you know and everyone kind of interacts with each other so it's pretty cool um yep. to see yep. that and um, I, I had a friend of mine that uh, went to a convention and um, met Kane Hodder and, you know, he has the picture where Kane has his hands around his neck and I'm like, dude, <laughs> yep. at least you, at least you got a chance to get choked by Jason. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what the other cool thing that I'll say about, um, about the horror community is um, I, I was watching, I forget what I was watching. It might've been, um, goodness uh hatchet i don't have you okay. seen that yep yep okay mm -hmm. um one of my favorite horror movie guys aside from kane hotter is tony todd yep and um i was tweeting out about tony todd and how you know he's awesome and all this stuff and how i was watching um the different movies and everything and he actually followed me oh that's awesome and you know, and awesome. not just followed me, but I mean, we on a lot of occasions we interact with each other. So it's it's kind of crazy how I mean some of these people. I mean, we we talked about wrestling before, but you know these people that we look up to and consider you know icons and idols um, interact with you on um, yep. on a platform like that. So it's really cool um, to get that. So yeah, I'm I'm really um, really a big fan of horror um like i said hopefully um when you record that episode or any episodes on horror um please know that i'm going to be listening i'm going to listen anyway uh to all of them but i'm definitely going to be um keeping a special eye out for those um, i'll tell you what i'll do my friend uh since you were kind enough to have me on i will when we do the uh, the '80s um, uh, horror movie one, I will reciprocate, and I would uh, I will def I will invite you on uh, for that one. Oh man, that, I appreciate that. That's really awesome. I no, anytime, I really appreciate buddy. that. Yeah, um, anytime. Yeah, I, it's always great to talk to a fellow horror fan because <laughs> some people <laughs> just kind of don't get it, and they never did. Like my parents, the the fact that I you know that I'm walking around dressing up as a guy in a hockey mask who kills people. I mean my <laughs> My mom, my mom always was like, like, what are you doing? I, I, it's so funny because she'll see, she'll see my Facebook stuff and she'll see the pictures of the fiend on my Facebook. And she's like, Oh my God, why do you post pictures of that hideous guy on your Facebook all the time? And, uh, and, and I'm like, mom, you should be used to this by now. I mean, you, you grew up with me posting pictures of Jason all the time. So you, you should know by now that, uh, that not that, you know, that that's, that's kind of who I am. But, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it really is. It's a great community of people. Um, and you know, they know they, they love what they love. And, you know, even though there's people out there that have criticized these films all through the decades and, and tore these films apart. I can remember Friday the 13th was famous for Siskel and Ebert. The, the movie critics back then used to, used to bury them alive and just say, Oh my God, these films are garbage. They're not even worth paying money to see. And, uh, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's so great. I don't know if you caught it, but, um, American horror story did, um, and I had never watched the show until this one. Um, but this past season they did it a, uh, they called it 1984 
and yes. it was all based on slasher stuff. So I was like, and they borrowed so many things from all of the slasher movies. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, American Horror Story and um, hadn't watched it in a couple seasons because I, I forget which season I stopped on, but I was just like, ah, you know, it's kind of stale. Like, you know, I'm just going to yep. take a break from it. But as soon as I heard that they were doing that, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out and watched every episode. Absolutely loved that season. Like yep. you said, they, they borrowed so many different things from different movies uh, from that period. And uh, I thought it was a really good season. Um, really, really enjoyed it. And, and, and honestly, they took a couple things from um, like Richard, uh, I think Richard Ramirez. Is that, is that his name? Yeah. 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 They, yeah. Um, I thought that was fascinating too. So yeah, so definitely um, that was that was a great great uh, season of of that show. So yeah, I, I'm glad that Halloween came back the way it did. In and I'm glad that Blumhouse got it um, and and did because I I really thought I liked it. I mean I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out because you know, they kind of ignored all the sequels and just kind of started as if the, the first one was the only one that existed. And I didn't know how that was going to end up, but I'll tell you what, I, I really liked it. I thought they did a fantastic job with it. And I'm really hoping, um, being the Friday the 13th fan that I am, I'm hoping that that gets out of lawsuit hell that it's in. Um, and I'm hoping somebody gets the property that is going to do something with it because I'd love to see a company like Blumhouse or another company like that that does these horror films today get a hold of that license and really be able to go somewhere with it, similar to how they did the latest Halloween film. Absolutely. And, I, and one of the rumors out there was that um, of all people, LeBron James is trying yeah. to uh, to bring that project to life. And I, yeah. I, I was not... I wasn't a big fan of the latest reboot of the Friday the 13th series. The, two, um, the 2009 reboot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I wasn't a, a big fan of that one. I hope that they, um, and, and that was a, a lot like the uh, nightmare on Elm street reboot. I, I yeah. It, was, it yeah. was okay, but you know, it, it's like, ah, you know, I, I hope that someone gets those films and really, and really do those films justice. Um, yeah, and a remake. I agree. And and I mean, I there, <laughs> Hollywood is remaking a lot of stuff right now. So they um, certainly are. We talk about that in my other group all the time. It's yeah. it's a lot of rehashing and remaking and re. You know, there's not there's not a lot of originality, unfortunately, yeah. out there. You don't see many things that are new. Um, but if you're, you know, so I I get it. It's a money maker. It's a nostalgia thing, and it's fine if you're gonna do that it's all cool, but just make sure that you do it justice. Like you said, um, you know, make sure that you stay true to the source material and you, you know, you make something really great. I personally would like to see, you know, you're going to come out with a Friday the 13th movie, do it a little bit differently, set it in, put it in a different setting, let them be in the camp, make it in a winter setting, have snow there, do, yes. do something a little different with it. And man, you, you'll, you know, you'll see the results from that because there's still a huge, you know, group of fans out there that really go for this stuff. So you tweak it a little bit, make it a little bit different and you will definitely make money on these things because they're so cheap to film. Um, right. and yeah. 
you can you can really make out on it. So yeah, I'm really hoping that that uh you know people kind of take the lead from what they did with Halloween and 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 really kind of make these things out of respect to what came before. Absolutely. And one of the <laughs> I actually really like the Child's Play remake for that reason. I know some yep. people didn't really like it, but I like the aspect of it being a technological spin to it um right as opposed yep. to what it was before and and i thought it was really i, I really liked it um I yeah thought that yeah I, I thought the story was really good i thought the uh the gore and the and the violence was you know really good the fact that mark hamill was voicing chucky was awesome uh, yep. so yeah I, re I really liked that um that remake yeah no i i agree um, you know, you, you modernize it a little bit. And I think one of the big things that people would think, well, eh, you know, yeah, that's an eighties thing. Who's going to believe there's a possessed, you know, doll that's running around trying to get, and it was always kind of a hard thing to grasp. So mm -hmm. if you change it and update it, and like you said, it's a technology type thing. So they kind of even incorporated a little bit of that five nights of Freddy's game into that, where, you know, there, there's these stuffed mascots that are going around attacking people. So, um, you, you bring in some tech and, and update it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely improved it. And um, Mark Hamill is fantastic. I agree with you. His voice work. Oh man. Um, the fact that he played the Joker for so long and, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, yeah. He's, he's an amazing dude. Um, I, I had a mark out moment on Twitter too. And he actually liked the post for me on Twitter. Cause that, that man has so many millions of followers. And um, I, I think I put up a post when Rise of Skywalker came out, basically just kind of like thanking him um, because uh, talking about the time when I was eight years old going to see Star Wars for the first time. And, and, and I just kind of, you know, thanked him for all these years and, and of being involved with it and everything he did and how I kind of looked up to him as a kid. And he actually liked the post. And I was like, oh, my God, Mark Hamill liked my post. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that I would definitely agree. He's a, he's a great voice actor. He has so much range and can do so many things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Joe, I, I want to thank you for uh, for joining me today. And um, I, if you could tell people how they can um, how they can follow you and interact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the group, obviously, like I said, is the uh, it's called the Consortium for the Greater Geek. That is on Facebook. Um, it's a public group now, so you can definitely find us by just looking that up there. Um, I am on Facebook as well. I have um, my Twitter account is. It's uh, at Mr. Mayor, M-R, capital M-R, capital M-A-Y-O-R, 2569. That's my regular Twitter account, um, and you can find me there. Um, I'm also going to, when I do the 80s podcast, I did start a Twitter account for the I Live the 80s as well, and I'm go I link to my YouTube channel from that. I'll be linking the, um, when we do the MTV thing, I'm going to link a list of the top, the first 50 videos that MTV actually played. Um, and I will have that available as well. So yeah, definitely um, check me out in any of those places. And if, um, if anyone listening is a fan of the, the geek genre, the geek stuff or the eighties. Um, yeah. I uh, really appreciate if you uh, checked it out. And, and give me the name of names of your uh, podcast one more time. Yeah, sure. Um, the first one is called the Consortium 
So it's uh, C-O-N-S-O-R-T-I-U-M for the greater geek. And the other one is called I Lived the 80s. Okay. Awesome. And people can find you on Anchor. And um, are you on any other platforms right now? I know that you uh, posted, I think, uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so they released the, um, the, the software, actually, they work with you, and they released them on, on a lot of different things. So it's on Spotify, um, it's on Google Podcast, it's on Apple Podcast, it's on the, you can just get it right off the Anchor software as well. It's also on a, a, uh, an app called Pocket Casts. So I think it's on at least five or six different mediums. So definitely a lot out there for anybody who has any platform. Um, can definitely hear us. Uh, Spotify, I know, is free to get. So um, one of the easier ones that you don't actually have to have to pay to use. Um, so yeah, we're definitely out there on a lot of different uh, mediums. So yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joe, again, thank you for joining me today. And I appreciate the conversation. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Absolutely, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for joining me today on Jeff Watson Unplugged. I hope that this episode and future episodes create conversations and dialogue about many of the issues that plague our society today. We are brought to you by Lions Roar Media Company. We would like to thank our sponsors for being a part of this journey. For more information, to send in comments or questions, please email us at lionsroarmediaco at gmail.com. That's Lions Roar Media Co at gmail.com. We will post new episodes each Wednesday, so stay tuned. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public. Follow us on Twitter at Lions Roar Media One. That's Lions Roar Media and the number one. Or you can follow me at Jeff Watson and the numbers two five. That's Jeff Watson twenty five. Again, thank you all for joining us. And until next time, God bless and keep moving forward one step at a time. Peace.